Welcome to Leadership Bebop. I'm your host, Randy Evans. This podcast is a creative space to explore the rapidly changing dynamics of leadership and teamwork in organizations. Through discourse and engaging dialogue, we're creating a new real book on what it means to lead in a complex, fast-paced world. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. Welcome back to the Leadership Bebop podcast. Today, I'm excited to offer a brief introduction to my next Substack newsletter. It's actually a two-part series that revolves around a popular TV show and its powerful message about workplace communication. So grab your popcorn and get ready for some insights that can transform your office dynamics. So season two of the widely acclaimed FX TV show, The Bear, just dropped on Hulu, and it definitely has people talking. I've already clipped some of my favorite scenes from season two, and I look forward to discussing those here in future episodes. Today, though, I want to focus on one particular scene from season one that serves as a miniature representation of the entire first season and teaches us a valuable lesson about communication and effective listening in the workplace. So in The Bear, we're treated to numerous loud, high-stress interactions among co-workers. The fictional Chicago Deli where the bear takes place, named the beef in season one, apparently named after a real Chicago Deli, is a scene of constant turmoil, with orders are barked and demands being made and lots of profanity-laced name-calling. Yet in the midst of all of this chaos, the show offers some tender moments that highlight the power of relationship building and creating meaning in the messiness of everyday life. Now, unfortunately, the stress we see on the bear isn't just a work of fiction. It reflects the reality that many people face in their workplace on a daily basis. In fact, a lot of the commentary online about the show notes how realistic this stress feels, not just in commercial kitchens, but other workplace settings as well. In my professional work, I've encountered several recent real-life examples that highlight the serious communication challenges facing many organizations today. One executive from a nonprofit organization shared how a small minority on the governing board had resorted to shouting and belittling others as a way of pushing through their agenda. And another CEO discovered that their HR manager was openly yelling at employees causing distress among the entire office staff. These incidents are not isolated. They seem to be part of a larger pattern. In fact, Gallup's State of the Global Workplace report has reported increased levels of daily stress over the past several years. The recently released 2023 report shows that in the U.S. and Canada, which has some of the most engaged workers in the world, also has some of the most stressed out workers. In fact, 52% of workers in the U.S. and Canada reported feeling a lot of stress the day before. Now, not all stress is caused by conflict, yet there does seem to be a direct correlation between the two. And indeed, how an organization chooses to treat conflict situations can have a profound influence on stress levels in the workplace. Processes that treat all conflict situations as being inherently bad and in need of some form of intervention can simultaneously reduce conflict, or at least the outward appearance of conflict, while also increasing stress levels among staff and team members. And by focusing on the suppression or management of conflict situations, companies may be simultaneously stifling innovation and creativity. 
So what can we do about this? Well, instead of avoiding or simply trying to manage workplace conflict, one approach is to embrace it as a natural part of the human experience and learn how to engage with it constructively. By doing so, organizations can save time and money that otherwise would be wasted on ineffective conflict solutions. Instead, they can create a more collaborative and productive workplace, advancing shared commitments and driving successful outcomes. I recently met with the executive team of a health co-organization and asked what they felt their organization did exceptionally well. One thing they pointed to that they felt had really made a difference in the organization was how much effort they made to really listen to their employees and the communities they serve. One story they shared related to the response to the COVID-19 pandemic. While they had spent years preparing for disaster scenarios, when the time came to make the difficult decisions, they stopped and took time to really listen to their staff and community members in multiple meetings, even though many of these discussions were difficult and even contentious. Yet the goodwill and sense of togetherness that these meetings had generated helped the organization and their entire community navigate that difficult time much more successfully than did many other organizations. So how do we start transforming conflict into constructive conversations? Well, as illustrated by the story I just shared, it begins with effective listening. And no, it's not about a particular technique or style or even emotional intelligence or empathy, although these certainly play an important role. The true test of effective listening, though, is whether the other person feels heard. And that brings us back to that small crowded Chicago deli and the bear. In the closing scene of the first episode, the exhausted chef asks for a block of Parmesan cheese, and the baker responds with a simple affirmation. Heard, chef. But here's a twist. Despite the acknowledgments and affirmations, the characters in the bear frequently use that phrase, heard, chef. And yet, the characters in the show don't really seem to feel heard. And that seems to be one of the key themes of season one, a theme with plenty of real-world application. In the first part of my upcoming Substack articles, I write about one particular scene in season one that really highlights this contrast between verbally acknowledging someone and really listening so they feel heard. In the second part of the series, I'll delve into a recent study on workplace communication that explores this distinction in detail. It shows us that engaged listening might be enough for someone to feel heard in some situations, but in others, actions and follow-through are necessary for the other person to really feel heard. I'll also be exploring this theme here on the Leadership Bebop podcast. So make sure to subscribe to our Substack channel and this podcast and hit that notification bell because you don't want to miss this next episode. We'll uncover more about the significance of listening and how it affects employees' impressions of feeling heard or unheard in workplace conversations. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.